Hey everybody, we're back. This is the Detroiter covering motorsports, sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State. Look, I'm going to keep the voice a little lower today. Late at night, it's midnight. The things we do for love. It's midnight, going to keep the voice down. <laughs> I have entered the membrane, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, Thursday night, the fellas and I living in California. Every single day, it amazes me. People talk shit about this place. Went to a bonfire down on the beach. Have a couple cold ones, you know. Get back home. I'm feeling pretty good. Enter the membrane. And it was a pretty good sports day. Been a pretty good couple days of sports. And I figured, let's sit down and let's get into it. So it's going to be a little more laid back. What I plan on talking about today, we'll do the Super Bowl. I want to chat a little bit about the game, right? I mean, it's the fucking Super Bowl. I want to talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, came second in the voting or however it works for rookie of the year defensively. Sauce Gardner won it. Another Detroit guy, of course. Who else would we lose to? I want to talk about um, the Pistons dealing Sadiq Bay, who ended up going to Atlanta for James Wiseman in return. I don't, I don't know. Like uh, I've admitted, I'm not the biggest Pistons guy. I'm not the biggest NBA guy, but feels a little lackluster off the rip. And lastly, I want to talk about Matt Ishbia just being the, uh, the biggest swinging dick on the planet, I think. Right. Um, we can start there. This dude starts his job yesterday at 11 a.m. Or probably 8 a.m., probably like 6 a.m., to be honest. I mean, the guy's a fucking billionaire. He was probably awake at 3. And by nightfall, by midnight, he goes out and gets Kevin Durant, top five player in the NBA, one of the greatest players who's ever played. He says, fuck it. Phoenix is good, right? Like, they were in the finals a couple of years ago. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Hayden, that's a solid three. McCall Bridges was a great fucking role player. And he says, nah, let's go get something else. Let's let's win. Fuck it. I don't want to maybe. I want to actually, I want to know I'm going to win. And this guy gets Kevin Durant, dude. That's fucking gnarly that he did that. Look, I knew when he gave State all that money for the new facility, and then he was like, actually, that wasn't enough. Let me pay for Mel Tucker to coach here. When he did all that, I was like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, this dude doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? When he shelled out that kind of cash just for State to, like, hopefully be good. <laughs> like, Think about that. He understands what Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan now, like, he understands what these elite programs are. He understands how challenging it is to be one of the best in college football. Probably the toughest. Like, of all the pro leagues of college basketball, I feel like that's got to be the toughest to enter the elite category. And he said, you know what? Let me just throw, I don't even know. I think the facility is like 40 mil. 40 mil plus whatever he paid for Tucker's 95. 70. Let's call it a cool 70. Here's 70 mil to, well, hopefully it'll work. Hopefully. When he did that, I was like, oh, my God. All right. This dude means business. Even still taking over Phoenix, I thought in your first year, on your first fucking day, dude, what are the odds that he's getting sworn in the day before the deadline? 
what are the odds of that fucking timing? Because the reports were saying, obviously, he's not the GM. And I don't know if he demanded it, like first order of business, we're going to trade for Kevin Durant, give them whatever they want. I don't know exactly how that went down. But the reports were that Ishbia was the guy who was like, yo, let's fucking turn it up in Phoenix. Let's give Phoenix a ring. None of this half in, half out stuff anymore. Let's go actually get one. We're going to get Kevin Durant. What's he going to do in Brooklyn? Kyrie's gone. Harden's gone. What the fuck's he going to do there? Go get Kevin Durant. That, that is, that's another level of ballsy. Because in the pros, like if the college thing doesn't work out, people will still forever be thankful. You know what I'm saying? Like even if Tucker doesn't work out, even if when this new facility is built, our recruiting classes aren't hitting the top 10, at least from the perspective of the Michigan State fan, you're going to be like, dude, I still love that guy. Like, he's the reason we even took that shot. Would you rather still be toiling in mediocrity with, you know, your ceiling being a fucking rock? Or even if it doesn't work out, would you rather have this journey we're about to go on where Matt Ishbia was the guy who threw the match in the fucking gas? Like, he doesn't have a downside for MSU. Either Tucker wins big, and maybe it's not even a natty, but maybe a Big Ten championship or two, and everybody's like, fucking Matt Ishbia. Like, remember the name. This dude's automatically an MSU legend. If they w- He already is a legend. That's the thing. And if they lose, Matt Ishbia is still a legend. Matt Ishbia is still the reason we even are talking about this. Matt Ishbia is the reason we're upset we didn't win a Big Ten championship. Like, if it doesn't work out. In Phoenix, there is none of that because now they gave away McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder maybe, one other guy, and four first-round picks. Four. Four of them. Kevin Durant's been injured. Kevin Durant's getting up there in age. He is still Kevin Durant right now. Like, if he stays healthy, you just got Kevin Durant. That's crazy. But there are, you know, the concerns around him. And Devin Booker's awesome. And Chris Paul, same deal. He's awesome, but he's getting up there. You don't know, you know. And if it doesn't work out, people are going to come for your throat. No one at MSU is coming for Matt Ishbia's throat if it doesn't work out. If this Phoenix thing, they don't win a ring, and now all of a sudden we don't have a first-round draft pick until 2030, that's not going to be good. People are going to ask questions. Kevin Durant retires. Now it's Booker and Chris Paul, and those first are good luck trading for anybody else. People are going to come after you. Like, they're going to sour on this new owner really quickly if it doesn't work. If it does work, they'll love them, right? Banners fly forever, whatever. If it works and they get a ring this year or next year or the year after, who gives a fuck? We don't need those picks. Dude, we want a championship. That's all we're looking for. But if it doesn't, now you like now you shook the boat. Now you maybe cause some problems. That takes fucking balls from that HBO. Like, that's crazy to come in and do that on day one. And I respect it, dude. I didn't know he was like that. You know what I mean? Like this guy, this guy means fucking business. And I don't know, you know, like what NBA savants are sitting around saying. I don't know what other GMs in the league are saying. Like, oh, wow, I can't believe they just did that. Or if they're sitting here going, whoa, we got a new shark in the pool. I don't know what the attitude around the league is regarding what he did, but from a casual fan, and maybe I'm a little biased because the MSU thing, 
But like I explained, I think that makes me respect him even more. Like that would make me even more afraid because the MSU, there's no downside. Now he's taken a shot and the downside is fucking deep. Matt Ishbia, welcome to the NBA. This dude is not fucking around and it's awesome. It is awesome as in as a casual NBA fan. And the other sweet thing about the NBA that I want to mention, the fact that their trade deadline is like more exciting than the regular season is crazy. <laughs> they legit made a fucking video game for a sports league, <laughs> like trade deadline day. Everyone's talking about the NBA. I was at work today talking about the NBA. I'm just going up to my coworker who I'll talk to here and there. And I'm going, you see the Kyrie trade? Like you see Kevin Durant at Matt Ishbia? He's pretty good, huh? Mind you, I work in California. Nobody, you know, I don't work with any Michigan State alum. Like, nobody's talking about the guy who donated to Michigan State football out here. <laughs> there I go, there I go. HBO, this new owner, fucking means business, huh? My friend's like, yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe he did that. That's crazy. I'm like, those Michigan State boys, they don't fuck around. And, of course, I take the time to explain what he did for State, and I'm like, watch out for Phoenix, man. They're going to get their ring this year. It's crazy. How that shit's like the most fun part about the NBA. It's like, it's like drama, like fall. Oh shit. Who's got, he's going there. No way. He did that. No way, dude. There's no way. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's actually my, at least for me, it's my favorite part until the playoffs. It's my favorite part about the NBA It's just, whoa, what the fuck? Kyrie's going to Dallas. I wonder how Luca feels like it's crazy. And there were some sweet ones in the NFL. The McCaffrey trade was big, but it's never like this. NHL's got a good deadline as well, but people just don't, you know, they don't care about the NHL, which sucks. And the Red Wings not being in the hunt for any of these guys. Like Bo, Borhat, Bo Horvat, of course we didn't trade for him, which I don't think we we should have, but you know what I'm saying? We're never like, oh, sh- fucking Vladimir Tarasenko. The, the, the Red Wings outbid the Rangers. That's not happening. So it's tougher to be plugged in. But God, dude, I love the NBA trade deadline. It's fucking incredible. Mm. Into the membrane, dude. <sighs> Let's talk Hutch. Sauce won the uh, defensive rookie of the year, which I think is fair. He's an all pro. I don't know how I don't know how you could be an all pro and not win the rookie of the year when Hutch wasn't an all pro. You know, like that seems pretty straightforward, right? I don't need to spell that out. But Hutch had a nasty season. People on paper, Hutch had a better season statistically. All right, fair enough. But at the same time, a lot of being a corner, like if you're nasty at corner, what are your stats looking like? If you're that sweet, people aren't throwing to you. Maybe you got a couple tackles, forced fumbles, but you know what I mean? It's tough to show up on the stat sheet as much if you're a corner. Obviously, interceptions is a big step, but it comes back to the thing. It's tough to get interceptions when nobody throws it at you. You need the opportunity. But who cares, bro? Who cares? Regardless. Like, it'd be sweet. It'd be sweet if Hutch won it. But th- I don't care. Like, as a fan, whatever. It's cool that he was in it. It's cool that we hoped he would win. I don't mind. Who fucking cares? Hutch is the one that's most upset. Like, there's probably an incentive in his contract. Another 150 k if you win Rookie of the Year. He's probably pissed, dude. There was a fucking sweet vacation he had waiting if he won that thing. 
as a fan, you know what I care about? I care about that our second overall pick was the runner-up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's all I need. That's all I need, dude. I don't need him to win the plaque. I don't need to be walk around saying, we got the rookie. I don't need any of that. I just need to know that the second overall pick fucking hit, and there's a crater the size of the Pacific Ocean sitting there. Yeah, buddy, we hit. Took out half the planet, but we got a hell of a defensive end. You know what I mean? That's all I need. And that's all you should need, too. We're the Detroit Lions. The second overall pick, when we have it, rarely goes the way it did with Hutch. And at the time, there were people saying, ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh, they should have gone this way. Whether it was Lions fans, people in the media, whoever. No, 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 no. Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, they know. They're fucking relaxed. They know what they're doing. Hometown kid went to Michigan, and he fucking panned out. Oh, he's the hype. They're, they're drafting him higher because of the hype, because he's the hometown kid, because he had the season in Michigan. They're, that's why they're taking him. He's not that type of player. Shut up. He is that type of player. Sauce is a hell of a fucking player. Not everyone can be the best. You know, what? like, I don't need the best player at every position. I'll take the second, third, you know, I'll take – I'll take a little depth. That's fine. We got a guy in a spot that we had to have a guy. Plain and simple. I'm I'm happy, bro. Yeah, I'm not happy that he lost, but I'm happy that we have him. I'm happy that rookie of the year, no rookie of the year. We did the right fucking thing. We got a savage. We got the second best defensive rookie in the class. Was that a top four player in the class? Second overall, we got a top four player. A lot of people around the league would hope to do better than that. We fucking did. And it's not only that. It's Penny Sewell the year before. Lock. Hell of a pick. Looks be- like this here. Penny Sewell. You know you're a problem as an offensive lineman. When watching the game in real time, people notice you. I'm sitting on my couch going, there's no shot Penny Sewell just made that block. That Packers game when they did the little hook and ladder and he came around the edge and just steamrolled that corner. I watched that play. I'm like, is that Penny Sewell? What the fuck? This guy's a freak. The Minnesota catch. Most acrobatic shit I've ever seen. The, neither of the running backs would have made that play. Penny Sewell fucking caught that and then he stayed up to get the first and then he throws the stiff arm. Like he's nasty, dude. He's a freak athlete and a freak player and he brings the attitude that Detroit needs. He's nasty. He's not going to take shit off anyone. He knows he's better than you. He's going to show that he's better than you. That's the first year. And we watch those videos of these guys like crying and hugging. (laughs) Dan Campbell picks up Martha Ford. We're like, oh, my God, these dudes are psyched that we got the Sewell kid. I wasn't scouting offensive linemen in college. I knew what everybody said about Penny. Surefire Hall of Famer. Might be one of the best offensive linemen in the league his rookie year. Like, I know the hype that surrounded him, but I wasn't watching Penesul at Oregon. And these guys are throwing a fucking quinceanera in the war room just because he fell to six or seven or whatever it was. I was like, oh, shit. These these guys are all right. They, they seem like they know what they're doing. They're really happy that we got that guy. And he worked. And then Hutch comes. Now there's a little higher stakes. Second overall, there's less room for error. And now you have the outside factors. Hard knocks is coming. 
He's the Michigan guy. People are talking about the hype. There's other good players. There's other players at the position you need available, playing in the SEC, playing wherever, higher recruits. And they stuck to their guns. And they took Hutch because they think he's a freak. They know he's a freak. He is a freak. And then you watch Hard Knocks and they're talking about how not only is this guy a monster, he never quits. The motor never fucking ends with him. And he's got the right attitude. He wants to learn. He wants to get better. He wants to be great. And everyone talking about, oh, he's from Detroit. Oh, man, he went to Michigan. That just makes him want it even more. It's a little like Dan Campbell. He played here. That's the same shit Dan Campbell said when he took the job. He's like, I know what it means in Detroit. I know. I know what will happen if this team becomes a winner. You don't think Aiden Hutchinson knows that? They showed that picture of him playing flag football in the Lions jersey like 80 times over the course of the year. You don't think Hutch had a little bit of that extra chip? Like, I fucking – I want to be the guy. I want to be part of this. I want to be the second overall pick that puts Detroit on top for once. You don't think that helped a little bit? And it fucking hit. Again, it hit. Runner-up, defensive rookie of the year. That's all I need. We got a guy. We hit. We needed to for this thing to get in motion, and we hit. And look what happened. We go 9-8. and eight. The defense starts to come alive. He's got a year. And here we are, sitting in the offseason a year or two for Dan Campbell and Holmes. And the expectations are somewhere they haven't been, I don't think, in my life. Maybe once in my life. Let's win the NFC North because we know we have the pieces. I don't need the rookie of the year. I need the foundation. And Aiden Hutchinson, he is the foundation. All right. Let me take a quick break. On the flip side, we'll talk the Super Bowl a bit. And we'll talk the Pistons trade. Quick break. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, it's the Super Bowl, it's the Super Bowl. I think the birds are going to win. I said it. I know who Pat Mahomes is. I've watched him play. I was around when the Chiefs won their first with him. I think the Eagles are going to win the game, though. I just, it's the same reason that I've enjoyed the Lions the last two. It's the same reason that, yeah, I was probably a little bit ahead of the curve, a little bit overinflated. But I think I predicted the Lions this past season to win like eight games, seven to nine, somewhere in that range. It's because of the offensive line. Um, And... Other than that, the thing that came along for the Lions this past year, the defensive line, I think that's where you win games at any level of football. Like in high school football, the reason we lost games, yeah, it was tough. Tristan Jackson is a lot faster than me. Yeah, those kind of guys, they get the ball and it's like, oh, fuck, we're just running. It's like eight-year-old soccer where everyone just chases the ball. Yeah, it looks like that at times with the skill guys. But the reason in high school you lose – it's when they they just murder you up front. When they've got defensive ends getting to the quarterback easily, when there's nowhere to go in the run, that's when you know you're in for a long one. College, same deal. 
You look at the teams that are the best every single year. Who's in the playoff? Every single one of them has nasty defensive lines. And when they don't or if they don't, there comes a time that it gets exposed. Plain and simple. Now, that said, it is a little surprising, like Michigan, TCU. Michigan's got a sweet front four. I think that's why they beat Ohio State again. It's why they beat them the year before as well. I think it's why they beat us. It's why they beat everybody that they did. It's a big part of it. And their other biggest strength is the offensive line. I know Corum's great. I know Donovan Edwards is great. JJ's good. That offensive line allows them to do all those things. And I think that's why Philly wins this game. They have a better offensive line by a lot. And I know Pat Mahomes, his specialty is evading pressure and kind of going backyard with it and using the feet. His ankle's fucked, and that only holds up for so long. We saw it when they lost to the Bucks. He was running for his life every single play. You can't win that way, and it's tough to keep winning that way. He was doing it a little bit against the Bengals as well. I just don't think it's sustainable, and I don't think it holds up again against the Eagles, who may have the best defensive line that the, that the uh, birds have faced. San Francisco's pretty nice as well. I'll give them that. But on the flip side, too, is Philly comes with the defensive line. Elite. Or on the offensive line. Elite, elite offensive line. And the Chiefs, Chris Jones, sick player. I don't think they've got enough up front to compete with that. Both sides of the trenches, just over the course of an entire game, it's like always the true identifier. Like it always comes to light. It's tough to mask when you're beaten up front. And that's the thing. Not only that, like Philly's got toys. I don't know as much about their secondary, I'll be honest. Obviously, they got Darius Slay. But offensively, Jalen Hurts is a nasty fucking player, dude. He can beat you in a lot of ways. Miles Sander is good with the ball in his hands. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, you got to worry about all that. That's a tall order. I, I, I think overall, Philly's just better. Like they're more well-rounded, they're better offensively and better defensively in a cumulative way than the Chiefs are. I know it's scary to bet against Pat Mahomes. I know he's Pat Mahomes, and I don't think this is like a guarantee. I think obviously, I think the Chiefs could win. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it'll be back and forth, and I think it'll be a fun one. Pat Mahomes could make shit happen. Hassan Reddick, that defensive line for Philly could be getting to him all day, and it could not matter. He could run away, make plays. Travis Kelsey. He could make magic happen. That's why he's Pat Mahomes. That's why he has the reputation that he does. That Pat Mahomes is why this game is so hard to pick. But over the course, I just have to go with the line. It's what wins. It's what wins. The toys, the guys out wide, the scrambling QB, that shit's extra. The scrambling QB is a lot more extra. And when you can throw the ball, look in the opposite direction with your left fucking hand 80 yards – that helps a lot too. I'm just a, I guess I'm just a trenches guy. You know, I get like this game kind of comes down to that a little bit where it's like philosophies of what do you believe in? Like, what do you believe wins crunch time football games? Close, nitty gritty. You're both good fucking teams. You're both good everywhere. What really wins those games? What is it? What's the, what's the defying factor? Pat Mahomes may not have those two receivers as well, but I don't I don't put as much stock into that as others. I think Pat Mahomes, as long as he's got Kelsey, he he and Pacheco, he can make pretty much anybody look great. 
like when you're in that scramble drill, dude, it's it's pretty easy to get open. It's tough to cover that when your back's to the QB and these guys are cutting back to the ball. I think any NFL wide receiver can make that happen. And I don't think that the game's going to be won by KC with him just sitting in the pocket, hitting the assigned routes. I don't think that's how they go. If they win, I don't think that's the way that they do it. If they win, I think it's because Pat Mahomes is running around. Dudes are scramble drill. It's backyard football, and it's tough to coach against backyard football. If your defensive line is getting there and they can't get them down, fucking five D or four D on Sanders, they'd have a tough time back there. So I think it's possible, but yeah, I don't think those wide receivers matter as much when that's how Casey would win it in my mind. But at the end of the day, I come back to the lines, dude. I come back. They've been the best team in football all year, I think, Philly. I really do. Um, I remember, granted, it was week one, but I still have flashbacks of them playing the Lions, and that offense was like the most unstoppable thing I've ever witnessed. Our defense was shit at the time, but still, I was sitting there going, so you're you're telling me Jalen Hurts can either hand it to Miles Sanders and they get movement and he's good, so they pick up yardage. He can pull it and throw it to either Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown. And mind you, you're worried about the run. Guys are playing the run. Linebackers are playing the run. And he's got all day because the line's sick and he can deliver to one of them. Or he can pull it. He can fake like he's going to throw to one of them. And then he can take it himself. That, I don't really know what you do for that. Because the only way that fails is when the offensive line fails. When the run, they don't get a push. When he drops back to pass, they miss a block. That's the that's how that fails. You've got the weapons. A.J. Brown's going to get open. Jalen Hurts can pick up five yards if no one's around. Miles Sanders can make one dude miss. I don't know how you stop that. And I just think they'll give more trouble to Pat Mahomes than the Chiefs will give to Jalen. But either way, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm pretty excited. The Super Bowl... Super Bowl's a good time, dude. I can't believe Monday's not a national holiday. <laughs> That's bullshit, man. We got to go to work Monday. Fuck that, dude. How, how is Monday not a national holiday? Somebody explain that shit to me. We've been around this long. We can't throw a Super Bowl Monday. We can't throw that out. Come on, dog. In Spain, they take three-hour naps at lunch, bro. One Monday... Hey, it's fucking the Super Bowl is yesterday, bro. You don't have to do anything. Send like two emails. You don't need to come in. Come on, guys. We're a forward-thinking country, bro. We're trying to go to Mars. Super Bowl Monday. It's sitting right in front of you. You want to be the greatest thinker of your generation? Fucking get that past. It's sitting right there. You want to be the president? Nobody works the day after the Super Bowl. You got my vote. Just a thought. Maybe I should get into politics if this comedy sports thing doesn't work out. I guess it'll always be there. I'm just kidding. I'd rather take a swim with piranhas than do that. Let me take a sip of water here, huh? Pistons. Oh, yeah. That's ice fucking cold. Sadiq's gone, which is kind of sad. Not because he was great or I loved him or anything, but, you know, came into Detroit, Weaver's first draft class. 
I don't want to say super highly touted, but we traded up to get him. People talked highly, I would say. Has the nice rookie year. He's kind of been here for a while. Like He was always thought to be part of this young core moving forward. I'm sure he's developed some bonds with those guys. He's had sweet games, the Celtics game, where he had 50 or whatever it was. He's been part of like what we all kind of thought would be this restoration. Like when with Cade, when this rebuild took off, Sadiq was always in the plans. And he hasn't really improved since that rookie year. I think he's fallen off a little bit statistically. Can't uh, don't quote me on that, but I think like his three point shootings are down since he was a rookie. We were always expecting him to kind of take a jump. Like he was good as a rookie, but let's see what he's got in you know, let's see after an offseason. Let's whatever two off seasons. Let's see where he gets to. And he just never really got there, which is kind of a bummer. So he gets dealt for Wiseman. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I like it as far as the attitude of we stink. These guys aren't getting it done. Let's shake it up and see if we can't get some new blood in here. I like it as far as that. I like it that he's a 6'11 unicorn and was the number two pick in the draft. I like it that he's got this crazy upside and is still super young. I understand the logic of why you go for a guy like Wiseman. Here's my issue, though. Um, I haven't really heard anything about him in a positive context since he got drafted. I know that he didn't really play or or put up numbers for Golden State. Um, I know he's been down in the G League a little bit. That doesn't really make sense. And I know that we already have Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley, and Isaiah Stewart. So I don't totally understand. Because as far as I know, Wiseman doesn't really play outside. He's a pretty old-school big man. Gets on the block, gets rebounds, protects the paint, and then he'll score near the basket, lob threat. Like, I don't really know what he does offensively. I just don't get the fit. Or, like, I don't get why that's the guy we're making the play for. I don't think Sadiq Bey's fetching you a fucking all-star, obviously. But James Wiseman? Like, yeah, James Wiseman? Does that make sense, Troy? I don't really get it. Unless Troy is convinced that he's – there's something. Troy's convinced we're going to get James Wiseman in here, we're going to give him minutes, and this dude's going to flourish. He's going to make fucking plays. It's going to be James Wiseman, Jalen Duran on a steal. And on top of all that, aren't we trying to get Victor Wembanyama? Like, I thought that was the whole thing. I thought that was the whole purpose of this year. God, no. Fuck no. Would the purpose be to win games? I thought the purpose was to lose enough so we can get another lanky 7-12 center. I thought that was the whole thing. Let's lose and then get Wimbanyama. And then now we have a wing in Sadiq. We've got Cade. We've got Jaden Ivey. And let's go, baby, to the promised land. But then you get rid of Sadiq and we bring in James Wiseman. What if we get one Manyama? Now it's we're looking around going, any of you guys play shooting guard? <laughs> any of you guys play small forward? When Manyama? You pull Wemby at the small? I don't even know. Bagley? I don't know. That's, yeah. Uh, 
I hope I'm wrong. I very well could be wrong. Maybe James Wiseman comes here. All he needed was minutes in an offense that isn't Golden State's where everybody shoots and they run around the perimeter and you're just kind of there to get rebounds, hopefully. Maybe maybe he gets into a different style and this dude is James Wiseman. This dude is the number one recruit. He's the number two pick. This is the James Wiseman they were talking about. Maybe that happens. I don't really know. But from what we what he has done, whether or not Golden State plays his kind of style or not, hasn't been much. And like Golden State the last year, the last two years, I know Wiseman was hurt as well. Golden State, they haven't been – they were in the finals, I guess, last year, right? But this year they're kind of struggling a little bit, right? I think they're not super high up there in the standings. And you're still hanging out in the G League. You're still not getting minutes. You're still not putting up any numbers. It just, I don't, it feel like it doesn't bode well. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment of the situation. I don't know, man. I, and then I think about like Troy Weaver and how great he's been and the moves that he has made, how unbelievable during that trade up looks like it was great. And he got Cade, which fell to him, but he got him. Um, but like part of the reason we praised Troy was he got Sadiq Bay. What a pick that was. We're like waiting for Killian to come along. Everyone's telling me how great Troy Weaver is, but I don't know. Or is he? Is he great? Maybe. But we've still been the worst team in the league again and again. Is he that great? Like, I don't really know. And it's the Pistons. And talk about missing on fucking high draft picks. Thank God we have Aiden Hutchinson. These guys specialize in missing on top 10 picks. That's what the Pistons do. Passing on all-stars. I don't I don't feel great. And every year that goes by with the Pistons, I'm more and more. You know how I feel. If you've been listening for a while, you know how I feel. Every year that goes by, I'm more and more like, dude, is this just it forever? We're running on a hamster wheel. The Detroit Pistons are running on a hamster wheel. But when they get to the end or they get tired and they hit that little button in the cage that puts out water, nothing comes out. There's nothing there. The water's been gone for 13 years. But we're telling the hamster, you're great. He's the best hamster in the league. This hamster, he ran so many miles on that wheel. It's how OKC got built. This hamster is incredible. He's going to turn, he's going to restore the Pistons. Look, the hamster's been running for a couple of years now and the water's drying up. There was nothing there to begin with. It's fucking crusty at this point. That's where I'm at with the Pistons. It's just a hamster on a wheel and there is no end in sight. Don't get thirsty either. That's how I feel. I hope Wiseman works out. I hope he's the number two pick. I hope he's a fucking gem. I hope that there's a 30 for 30 written or made about him someday. But as it stands today, the Pistons are uh, just being the Pistons. All right. Appreciate you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl, I forgot to mention it. Philly fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans. I know there's a few of you out there. We're making a fly Eagles fly design. I'm banking on these guys winning the Super Bowl. I'm banking on it. 
there's going to be a design. Hopefully it's out by Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, maybe a couple days after. We just got started on it tonight. Eagles Super Bowl champs design the second string.com. Keep those eyes peeled because it's going to be a heater. Appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you next time.